CougarFan.com Rise and Shop podcast episode 428. Get all of your BYU sports news at CougarFan.com. Matt, let's open with an email from the youth, from the future of America. I believe the children are the future. Uh, Teach them well, Matt. Let them lead the way. All right. Um, This is from Simon. He sent us an email. You, of course, can email the show at at, uh, riseandshotpod at gmail.com. Dear Rise and Shot Podcast, he's so formal, so so proper, very, very, uh, lots of respect, Simon. Thank you. Uh, If we were all robots, we would not get sick, but we would still get computer viruses. Fair enough. If there was an epidemic and we were all robots, what would you name the computer virus? I don't know, Matt. Do you have I got idea? one. Okay. Yeah, this is easy. All right. Corobovirus. Corobovirus. Nice, nice. You, you like it? About this. That's that's pretty clever. I was gonna yeah. I was gonna try to reference uh, my just to once again prove how big of a geek I am. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, and I are are watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Have I mentioned that on the show? That we were watching? No, not, because I would have absolutely had some fun with this. Oh, it's so good. It's such a good series. No swearing, no, like, you know, excessive violence and stuff. But our favorite... Speaking of robots, you've got Data. Yeah, Data. Yeah, I was going to say some type of uh, Data reference, because he gets a virus a couple times uh, throughout the uh, series's the years, the seasons. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, but you went Corobovirus. Is that what you said? Corobovirus. Corobovirus. Yeah. That's good. Uh, what would it affect, Corobovirus? Oh, geez. I'm not even sure. Um, I'd say it would affect processing speed. We'd all just move a little slower. That seems to make sense. Yeah, why not? Uh, what also? How would football be different if we were robots? Uh, I think it would look like what was that old football game with it like where the table shook and it was like the little. There was a video like, game like, with this, wasn't there? Uh, I want to say like a robot football video game. You mean like the Fox NFL Sunday robot? No, uh, I mean Cyberball. That that was the name of it. Yeah, Cyberball was a yeah it was an arcade in the arcades back when that was the thing. 1988 by Atari, seven man American football Man. using uh, computer uh, robotic avatars. No joke. Cyberball, the video game, was set in the year 2022. Oh man, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost to Cyberball. Simon's question is like oh, prophetic. Man. This is amazing. I can't wait for Cyberball. I mean, no injuries, right? Like, um, I mean, I mean, it'd be super violent and the robots would explode, but you just put them back together. Yeah, or build a new one. Robots are expendable. That's what I like about robots. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what would what would be different? They'd be stronger and faster, right? Yeah, robots, they're incredibly strong, and they steal old people's medicine for fuel. <laughs> Don't cower under your Afghans any longer. Yeah, if you if you get that reference, that's impressive. That's impressive. Good luck finding that one, Tom Robinson. 
if anybody gets that reference and they come back to us, I'm just going to say that I wake up tomorrow morning with my head under the carpet and I wouldn't be any more surprised. <laughs> anyway, Cyberball. Yeah, I mean, that'd be amazing. It's crazy, though, that we are now living in the time period of all of these crazy older, old-timey things that predicted, you know, this insane stuff in the future, right? Yeah, flying Back cars. Back to the Future 2, Cyberball, the Jetsons. Yeah. Uh, Forrest Gump. You know, like all of these <laughs> shows that predicted things in the future. Forrest Gump. <laughs> I've never actually seen the movie Forrest Gump. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. stop, stop. You've never seen the movie Forrest Gump? So do you, you get the references? Run, Forrest, run, and I've seen a, I've Gen probably a. seen the entire movie just in clips. Gen A. Yeah, and I've read a lot of like huh. you know articles that'll pop up about like theories about different like you know what really happened and all this like I but I've never seen the movie. That that's enlightening. Um, so so for example, this week in the NFL there were a ton of injuries. And you wouldn't yeah, have those. How about the grass in the Meadowlands? Um, I got to replace that apparently. Um, but I'll tell you that what this was. Uh, there were some great games though, right? I mean that oh, Dallas game was insane. The Patriots game was great until the end. Um, neither of us like that play call. Gary Payne, you're fine. You feel great because the Patriots lost, and you hit the Patriots. We'll get to that later. Um, but we, uh, but there were some really good games. And Atlanta, if you're an Atlanta fan, most most times when fans say that their their franchise is snake bitten, it's just garbage talk, right? It's just emotional. Like everybody thinks that, right? Every fandom thinks that. Every think, fan base. I think oh, it's they, truth. We, I think it's we truth. Did it Falcons. Again. Only we would give up that lead. I think it's true with the Falcons. I mean, between the Super Bowl and this game, I'm like, they're the first team in, like, I don't know if it was ever, like, 50 years to score that many points, no turnovers, and still lose. You think they're on the take? Are they on the take? I don't, I don't know if they're on the take. I don't know if they're on the take, but anyway. Uh, all Can right. Can you be on the take with prop, like, in-game prop bets? It's probably uh, not a thing. I, a I think it'd be pretty hard. Yeah. To, to set up the in-game prop bets. I mean, I guess it depends on the bet, right? Um, sure. So S- Simon finishes his email by saying, also, what are the top five plays all time for BYU football? <laughs> Simon, I love the fact that we go from cyberball to just right to the top five plays in BYU history. Um, so Matt, I've got five, and you tell me if you have any different, okay? All right, all right, what do you got? First one is the Miracle Bowl pass. Yeah. Jim McMahon. That's probably it. All right. The second one is the last touchdown in the 1984 championship game, the Holiday Bowl against Michigan. Yeah, and I think you could argue one or two, one versus two on those two plays. Yeah. I have them in the other order, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Number three, back to Harleen. Yep. Number four. top five. Not dramatic um, in the same way, but it's so iconic now is the Taysom uh, hurdle against Texas. It's iconic. I'll give you that. But you don't like it. 
Mm, let's see what else is on your list before well, I tell you that I would replace it. And then there's a certain interception in a cotton ball. Yes! Uh, that I thought you might be excited about. Who who did that interception, Matt? I can't Omar remember. Omar Morgan. Yeah, the yeah, blanket. I know. I know. I know. It's just kidding. Uh, they called so, him the blanket, Adam, because he could cover anything. So those were the those were the five. Um, it sounds like you may have a different one than the Taysom Hill. Taysom yeah, Hill I, I kind of I go back and forth on that. I I think that uh, the Taysom one. It didn't win a game, right? The, these yeah, other plays we're talking about were like game winning plays. Yeah, so I think that maybe honorable mentions you have to think about there are is the uh, the the Hail Mary at Nebraska, fantastic uh, play, the Kyle Van Noy goal line stand against Boise State, fantastic. Um, I think that uh, you probably there's probably some Ty Detmer stuff in there. The you know the uh, 1991 against Miami. There's there's some plays in there that were yeah pretty awesome. Impressive I thought of I thought of a couple right. of those plays. Um. So. Th- I don't know. That's tough. I mean, trying to narrow that down to five is hard. And I, and I definitely am, am, a, am a victim of recency bias in 1996-itis uh, when I try and put a list like that together. But I, but I think at least four of the top five you have in there, I, I would agree with. Yeah. I mean, the Miracle Bowl one is, well, I mean, if you made a top 100 of the best place in college football history, it's on it. Right. And it gets replayed in things like that. I mean, oh, there yeah. was a, a version of EA Sports NCAA football that had uh, about a dozen different situations that you could play. Yes, that's and right. It was one of the it was one of the choices. Yeah, yeah, that was um, terrific. Was, can you come back from this insurmountable deficit with this much time left and win the game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they did a Super Bowl version of that, there'd be a game like that. Probably, probably Atlanta, in- New England, maybe. Was New England the team that did it? I, I don't, don't remember. remember. I mean, so we're Atlanta not. Was up. Yeah, they were up a lot. 24 points or something. Yeah, yeah not much time. your whole on. life like it's 27 to 3. Yeah, All that's right. right. That's right. All right, well, let's uh, let's climb on in the tweet bag, Matt. Tweet bag. Like 11 minutes into the show, 10 minutes into the show. Actually, that's pretty quick these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, our first tweet bag is a little older. This came right after we uh, we posted the show last week but this is from a andre hutchins that's at ac underscore hutchins on twitter and of course you can tweet at us at byu underscore right shot he says it's true matt mangum is you are no andre hutchins you said that last week i did i did we were talking about affinity and knowledge of film and i am no andre hutchins you are no andre hutchins uh but then he did this emoji with the Tongue sticking out, winking thing. I don't know what those mean. I don't know. I would have preferred the the gif of Dwight when he puts his hand up and he and he looks at the camera and says, "It's true." It's true. I would have that's preferred that. Yeah. Than to the emoji, but that's fine. I mean, it, you know, yeah. tomato, tomato, to each his own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not an emoji master. I'm too old. I'm too old to be an emoji master, right? But I'm not old enough that I don't use them either, because I use them. And I use them properly. I just have a small subset I use. Like four. I use like four emojis. You know, I was a big fan of the thumbs up emoji, but then on iPhone they made it so you could like a text. Yeah, so I'm done with the thumbs up emoji. And now I emoji. feel like the thumbs up emoji is superfluous now. It's totally superfluous, at least on iPhones. At least on Apple. And if you're not on Apple, I don't know what you're doing. Right? Join the club. Just become part of the team. Um... 
All right, our next question comes from Nicoletto. That's at N Aletto on Twitter. He says he wants to talk about gambling. All right, he uh, we says never talk about gambling or spreads on this program. We don't. We don't. And neither of us have ever gambled, so we don't. Know I'm not even about sure it. where you would do something. Like I don't that. know either. I've heard of these places. They're called casinos, I believe. Yeah, That's I don't. What they're called. Not uh, familiar. Yeah, not familiar. Anyway. He says, just want to give a perspective on the gambling issue. When I played... Wait, Nick, you played? Did he play for BYU? Oh my gosh. Here we go again. (laughs) Yes! So, uh, Nick says, the O-line played poker in someone's hotel room the night before many a game. Usually it didn't involve Romaniella, if I says usually. Usually. Just allocated out the <laughs> chips. But anyone who was surprised by Zach Wilson's confession needs to get real. Was it a confession or was it a slip no. of the tongue? Right? It wasn't it was- even a slip of the tongue. He was just, this is a thing that I do that is fun. It's like it's like if he were to say, like, I don't I can't even think of a good, of, like, <laughs> the first example I thought of was stupid, so I'm going to move. <laughs> all right, all right. But. It's You'll just, have to it'd tell be like me that if he later. Said we got together to play PlayStation or whatever. Like these are college kids. This is one of this is something that college kids do. I'm not gonna sit here and pick apart like were they playing for money or whatever. I I don't know. Is there like I I I just he I don't even think that Zach Wilson realized that there would be any controversy attached to his statement as it was coming out. No, no, I totally agree with you. Sometimes you see something and you're like immediately, or you can see a look on a player's face and immediately they're they're like, oh, who was that D lineman for uh, Alabama that they almost got to say something about Clemson that one year? Yes. uh, And he walked it back. This was Zach Wilson never had that moment on this because it was so just run of the mill for him. Um, Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. I don't think it was a big deal. Uh, I didn't actually see anybody. I'm sure somebody did. I uh, What I saw to BYU Twitter was people having fun with it, making, like, you know, know when to hold them jokes. Oh, that's the best. The best. Right? So, I, you know, I, I didn't see anybody. I'm sure people did get bent out of shape about it. Uh, I don't, you know. I grew up playing cards. I play Rook, uh, which is not traditionally a gambling game, but... I'm a huge fan and player of cribbage, which is a gambling game if you gamble with it, right? And it's not if you don't. Um, so, I mean, those games are just fun. And I'm, you can gamble on any card game you want or any game or golf, whatsoever. For ask that. Michael Jordan. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I just I, to to jump on Zach Wilson for this one is is a little bit over the top in my opinion. So I'm, I'm more concerned about the fact that he had COVID and how is he feeling now? And he probably is right. He should just get an apartment by himself so that he doesn't have to quarantine. If somebody, if one of his roommates gets contact traced, but he doesn't have That's to quarantine. The, that, that was the takeaway of he's, the whole, of that whole conversation, but he doesn't have to right within the 90 days. Right. But his 90 days are up in like After a week Louisiana and a half. Tech, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, like yeah. he's they've got to get him into his own place. I mean, he can't go live with he I know he, I know his parents don't live too it's I mean it's yeah, I wouldn't want to drive. Let's not put him Romney and Hall uh, all in the same place, okay? Oh, you got to spread those guys out, yeah, man. Spread them out. Don't even let them hang that's out at the, practice. That's the takeaway. Yeah, yeah, that's Well, it sounds that's like the last the or two they were practicing in smaller groups and stuff like that. Hopefully they were hitting 
or we'll have a Navy situation. But uh, speaking of great comebacks, how about that Navy game last weekend? So but yeah, I, I had yeah, one this, of I had I'm like Nicoletto here. This this that's a, that's not the story. So we say this all the time, okay? And I know they were down twenty four to nothing, right? But do not make definitive statements at halftime as fans and watchers and commentators. Okay. Um. So don't don't do it. Don't make definitive. I saw a few people like Navy's terrible. They're not any good. We beat the worst team in America. Don't do that at halftime, guys. You just don't know at halftime. It's not a full game yet. Don't say it after a quarter. Don't say it after halftime. We we wait till the end of games for reasons, right? Uh, because the games last a certain amount of time, and you get judged on the entire performance of the game, right? It it bothers me to no end when people are like, well, we lost a bunch, but that fourth quarter we looked pretty good. Yeah, you don't get to do that. The game was terrible, right? And in the end, Navy won, right? And had this amazing comeback and basically allowed like zero yards in the second half. And, That's not and threw for 135 yards. Yeah, uh, they changed it up. So hats off they to the coaching staff. Yeah, good on them. Yeah, I they can. really they, they really gambled on all those passes. Yeah, yeah, they really did. They that was they really rolled the dice. Oh boy, as it were. Uh, poker doesn't have dice. They got into the second half and they. They had to lay all their cards out on the table. Oh, stop. Please stop. They were just dealt a bad hand in the <laughs> early part of the season. <laughs> all right. Um, Justin Sweeney, as we talk about the Troy game. It's at Justin D. Sweeney on Twitter. says, odds that BYU watches high school musical for some Troy inspiration. Hashtag tweet back. I had no idea what this question meant. you got to get your head in the game, Adam. Actually, I don't. I am too old. I, I'm not, I'm too old and Did not, you not old get enough. The reference I just made. Is it a High School Musical reference? Then no. Oh my gosh! I've yes, never it's a high seen it. Reference and yes, we should only be making jokes jokes about Troy jokes? as we go to play Troy. I, uh, dude, okay. I am too old. Get your head in the game. It's like one of the major songs from High School Musical. <laughs> dude, I am too old to have watched it like as a like a kid wanting to watch it and i'm too young i didn't have kids old enough like dawn who had kids that were into it so i i'm i'm in the wrong time frame man i the i, I was know. outside the window I, I can't explain to you why i've seen it but i've seen it i can't explain to you why i'm gonna blame it on my wife you wait a second you saw it as an adult I saw it when it like first came out on the disney channel <laughs> Gosh. Maybe I watched Sorry, it man. with our ne- with our nephews or niece. I don't know. I don't know, man. But I definitely watched it. I watched high school. I don't know the songs. I just know that Zac Efron started there. Is he Troy? Yeah, and his his character's name is Troy. Oh, I I had no idea. Like and and apparently this is a thing. I don't know anything about uh, I, I, except Zac Efron can actually sing. Yeah, he can. He's he's proved that in subsequent appearances, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've like seen the movie he did with uh, Seth Rogen. I think he sung it. I think he's no. He it. also did a couple numbers in The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman and Zendaya, or Zendaya, however you say her last he name. He did not first sing name. the movie I'm referencing. Oh, it was, okay. It was not a musical. <laughs> well, he still could have sung a song. It was Seth Rogen, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
She still could sing a song in the movie. I didn't okay. see that one. Sure. All right. You could still sing. He could like have. I okay. mean, comedies have musical numbers sometimes, like okay. kind of zany stuff. Sure. I mean, you've got Zac Efron, so you could use him that way. Yeah, but see, I think that uh, I, I, I love Sweeney's reference here. Absolutely love it. I told our Good. older brother that I was going to fill this week's podcast with Troy jokes, but I feel like Sweeney just took care of it for me. Yeah, right he did. Here. He did. Um, so I, I guess so. You really hit the winning shot with this one, Sweeney. By the way, speaking of uh, Zendaya, I don't know how to say her name. I should look that uh, up. Um, have you? Did you see the Dune trailer? Oh, yes. And I very good to me and i'm not typically one to get this excited about something like oh it looks so good and you know ever since i I didn't know who she was until she was in uh the first new spider-man movie which she was great by the way super awkward and wonderfully played uh in both of those uh spider-man films and then she was in the greatest showman with zach efron and uh and she's obviously a talented singer as well i was just like you know, I didn't realize she was in Dune. I had kind of missed some of the news. And I'm just like, wow, the cast looks great. Obviously, Josh Brolin is fantastic. I mean, anytime you can get Thanos to participate in anything, it's great. So, anyway, all right. We're way off topic as usual. Alex Saunders, that's at Alex Saunders 90, has a question about the actual game, not about High School oh, Musical. Let's talk about the game. He says, I was going to ask over under questions about passing and rushing yards. But I couldn't come up with any numbers. Troy looked great against a terrible team, and we dominated a Navy team that didn't know what hit them. What do you guys think? So, Matt, what do we think? It's a prediction time. Let's talk about Troy and the game versus Troy. Yeah, Troy. I mean, are they any good? Um... I, mean, I, I don't know that there's a good... I don't think you can tell yet. I mean, you look at you look at who they've played. I mean, I just I don't know. Um, what do you think? Are you are you jumping on are you jumping on this Trojan horse? <laughs> Good golly, uh, it's in the Trojan horse, by the way, not on it. Um, yeah, it wouldn't it would not have worked the same. No, if they had been uh, on the Trojan horse. Yeah, people have been like, wait a second, why are they standing on the horse? And you uh, have a lot of people on that horse. We're not letting that in here. That doesn't make sense to me. Effective um, execution. So I would say this: No, no. Why do? Why am I going to think because Troy beat a worse, terrible team that they're good this year? Now again, could they be good this year? Sure. I mean, teams are teams surprise every season, right? Teams outdo their preseason expectations every year, right? Um, good and bad, fall one direction or the other. But there's a reason why we're a 14-point favorite. It's because we should beat them. And no, it shouldn't be a 30-point win. We're not playing you know, an FCS program, um, or a bad FCS program, I should say. I, I think it could be competitive for the first couple quarters. But no, I, I, I'm not worried about this game. My, my worry level is very low. Yeah, I, I'm not really very concerned about this. Um, you know, they they were able to move the ball against Middle Tennessee State. Um, I, I that I just it doesn't strike a lot of fear in my heart. 
They're not going to um, get a hundred. They're not going to get two two hundred um, two hundred and forty yards rushing against this BYU defense. No, and they racked up a bunch of passing yards. You know, and they're, I think their starting quarterback ended up coming out of the game earlier. And this and this is a guy who beat out a JC transfer and a transfer from Vanderbilt um, to to win the to win the starting job. And so when you've got a young guy like that who who beats a young guy who decided to come to Troy who beats those two out. I mean, I, d- I don't know that that's telling me that you've got a world beater um, at, at quarterback. And I think if you look at the line, not that I'm making any reference to gambling here. Uh, I think if you look at the line, I, Vegas agrees, you know, we're, we're, we're a two touchdown favorite um, over Troy this weekend. This yeah. is not, this is not, this is, doesn't feel like a question of like, do we win? It's a question of how, how, how much do you win by? Well, and I mean, this two is touchdown favorites, kind of a big, that's a big spread. I mean, this is not the worst team we're going to play this year, right? Assuming you play all the games, um, but it's in the bottom tier of the teams we play this year. And sure. I think I'm taking the over, by the way, on the 14 point spread. What about the what about the uh, over under at 62? I'm taking the under on at 62. I'm taking the under on 62. I don't think they score very many points. I, I don't think their offense can do much. I mean, th- we don't know yet how BYU's really going to do against a team that passes the football, right? We we don't have a frame of reference. Um, but if they can create uh, penetration like they did against Navy, that's useful against both passing and running, right? If you can beat... If your D lineman can beat their O lineman um, straight up one on one in matchups, so assuming they can do that a few times, I, I mean, we'll get to our final score predictions here in a second. But over under them rushing for 120 yards. What was the number you said? 120 yards rushing 120? for Troy. I'm taking the under. I'm also taking the under. Uh, over or under? So last week, of course. Uh, last week, three weeks ago, uh, BYU rushed for 301 yards. I'm not going to set it there. Over under 205 yards rushing for BYU. Over. I'm also going to take the over. So both of us are basically saying the same thing. Utter domination. Maybe not like Navy level score there. I don't think no, we scored I don't 50 think we points. Have multiple 100-yard rushers or anything crazy, no, right? No. Um, so um, over under... 200 yards passing for Zach Wilson. For Zach Wilson, I'm taking the over. I'm going to take the over, but like barely. Yeah, that's a good line. That's a good line. I I think he gets over there, but I don't think... Now again, it could go the other way, and this is a 300-yard pass a day for Zach Wilson. We don't rush for as much, right? Depending on what they do defensively. And, And I'm fine with that, and I don't really care which way we go. Right, if they stack well, it seems the box. like their secondary was, yeah, I think their secondary is probably if, if they've got a strong point on defense, it's the secondary. It seems to and be so. So uh, you know, if we, if we're having a lot of success rushing the ball, does that open up something more um, over the top? I, I don't know. Well, and the thing is, this is the performance last week was the offense that you and I thought BYU would have when Jeff Grimes got hired. We thought it would be a run first, power running game, play action offense. And that's just not how they've he's really done it since he came across. So will they do that 
this week against Troy and have the same offensive game plan? No idea. But assuming they do, um, I don't think Troy's defensive front can stop us without stacking the box. I, right? I, just one-on-one. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I, against the offensive line that we have. Uh, and, you know, and I, gosh, like we talked about three weeks ago, Algier and Katoa ran like, you know, I guess, I, I get that the Navy obviously had not hit, but they they ran harder than I remember seeing either of them do before. Um, how worried are you about, we didn't really talk about McChesney's injury last year. How worried are you about, you've been worried about running back depth since we st- first started talking about it in spring ball. Um, you know, I, I'm not as worried about it after seeing what the, uh, what the running game looked like, uh, against Navy. Um, obviously I think you, you want to have that extra depth. I think in a season like this depth is, is a little bit more important perhaps because there's, there's other things that can cause a player to sit out for two weeks. Um, yeah. so that's, it's a little bit scary, but the running game between what the way the offensive line was, was clicking and the way they all looked carrying the football at, I, I, uh, I'm maybe not as freaked out as I would have been had that injury happened going into the Navy game. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm i a little worried because the chances of, in this weird season, of going through the whole year with Algier and Katoa completely healthy is like zero, right? I mean, between injuries and potential COVID stuff, it, one of them is going to miss a game or two if not both of them miss some time, right? Because running backs get hurt. That's what happens. Right. Um, right. So I don't know. I don't know. This will be I, – I am a little worried about the depth. They do, of course, have um, Fanua, right, coming back. Is that who I'm – am I doing yep. thinking of the right guy? And uh, potentially some defensive players and Miles Davis um, to 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 take some reps there too. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe it's – I just – Makes it does make me nervous, not for the Troy game, but for say like Houston, right? Um, for for games where we're going to be against a higher quality opponents, if you if you don't have the right if you don't have the right um, right set of backs. Anyway, um, so final score predictions for the Troy game. Oh man, see, um, do you want to go first? I've yeah. got to do some math real quick. Forty-one to fourteen. So I guess I am saying we're going to dominate them. Yeah, I was going to go more like 35-17. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, so, Matt, we can't not talk about this. Well, we can. We cannot talk about what we want. But unfortunately, there will be no fans in the stands. We found out today um, that here the week of the game, uh, local health officials have decided to not do it. That's my understanding, right? Not that BYU made the call, but that local health officials made the call and BYU is honoring yeah, that. Yeah, the, the county moved from yeah, the county moved from one level of one status level to another, which eliminated the uh, possibility of having fans in the stands. And that is um I mean that's a statewide thing, right? Each county, uh but that's a state um Threshold, correct? I don't know who makes the. I don't know. Yeah, I think the state, state. set the thresholds. I, I I don't know for sure, to be honest yeah. with you. 
Yeah, neither but of us I, I do know Utah, that if the so. game were being played in, I think if the game were being played in a different county, uh, you might be able to have fans. Yeah, yeah. So that's unfortunate. I know some listeners and BYU Twitter, a few people were able to get tickets and were excited to see a game in person. I have my own opinions about whether this is necessary or or good or whatever. Uh, but you know, it's just disappointing that people won't be able to come to the game and. You and I have been texting all weekend about how much we hate fake crowd noise. Oh, the fake crowd noise is so terrible. It's, it's like so it's bad. it's starting to give me like a headache. I can't stand the fake the fake crowd noise. Is it, let's just stop with the fake crowd noise. Um, it's just it's not necessary. It uh, you know it just does it's not real, right? We all get it. And there, and and frankly, I think it's – I would even label this a health issue, right? Like so they were talking about in the Seattle-New England game the other night, they, there's a limit on the decibels they can turn the volume up to, and it's at 71 decibels. Is there any reason we need to subject the players and coaches and everybody else in that stadium to 71 decibels of white noise for three hours? No. Like that's that, – it's a totally – it's a totally meaningless – uh, impact right like yeah. it, it's it's why like yeah if there's fans in the stands and they're yelling and stuff i understand it gets much louder than that but like at least that's because there's actual people in the stands here you're just turning up the volume on something for for no reason for no discernible benefit i just it doesn't make any sense to me and i and i hate it i hate it so much yeah me too well we'll finish with the most important question about troy the Troy game. And this comes from Eric. That's at Eric or Eric on Twitter. And he says, Troy, better hero, Achilles or Odysseus? Who you got? I'm going to go with uh, Odysseus. Mm. The problem with Achilles is everybody knows what his weakness is. Everybody. That's true. I've known what Achilles weaknesses, what weakness was since I was like six. Yeah. Maybe even before that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're born knowing that. I I don't know. Um, yeah. But Odysseus I, is like an, he's a smart guy. He's cunning. Yeah. Have you read the Odyssey? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you totally haven't read the Odyssey, have you? No, I think I read it for school at some point. Okay. I can think of two points in my educational experience where I could have been assigned reading reading it i'm gonna go with um i'm gonna go with i'm just gonna go against you and pick achilles but i don't have any All i don't right. really care who, who, who wins in a fight uh, icarus was he a choice just don't get that? close to the sun he wasn't a choice what about hercules or Heracles, depending on your... Heracles. Well, it's the same, right? Yeah, it, is, it just reminded me of a joke that I'm not going to tell. Okay. Um, that's You've done that twice. It's a little weird. I don't think you've done that in 10 years. The I've got a joke I'm not going to tell. Is this the first episode, 428 in? Have I have done that twice? Yeah, you said, well, there's Tonight. something else I was going to say, but I'm not going to say it. No, I said my first suggestion, my first example was lame. Oh, it was lame, not inappropriate. No, no, it was lame. It was Uh, dumb. uh, That you should have shared. 
No, I don't you, even remember. You what love it, it when was, you have it when you so say bad. dumb things. It's one of our favorite parts. All right, so let's move on from football, and hopefully, we'll be back next week talking about previewing another game. Right? That's that's the hope that we're talking about the Louisiana Tech game um, in in uh, in a week's time. But let's go to White Mountain. Not literally, but figuratively. I would go literally. Yeah, I would too. Uh, and our question for White Mountain comes from Gary from Gary Payne. That's at FastBreakGP on Twitter. He says, some quick feedback. Tweetbag Mountain loves it. He would like us to change it to Tweetbag Mountain. No, we're not changing it to Tweetbag Mountain. We have the Tweetbag and we have Y Mountain. Don't combine them. Tweetbag Mountain? I said that last week because our Y Mountain was filled with Tweetbag questions. So I said, like offhand, it's like Tweetbag Mountain. Thanks for listening, Matt. How do you listen to the show? Okay. (laughs) All right. So he starts and says, Darwin, why? Why the Patriots question? Ugh. Five minutes was like suffering through that awful Belichick interview during the Navy game. Uh, Belichick is a national treasure, and that interview was terrific. That interview, listen, I love Belichick. That interview was terrible. It was that so interview bad. was awful, and I hated it. And I don't know who to blame. Belichick, Herb Street, ESPN. I blame Navy. <laughs> because the game if was the so game bad. the game had not been such a blowout, that would have been one or two quick questions. It would have been kind of fun. Bill could have gotten back back to work like he wanted to. And there would have been a football game to talk about. Hey, he so loves... It's all Navy's fault. He loves talking about the Naval Academy. He also loves Subway sandwiches. <laughs> Is that but even he true? Didn't give us, he didn't give us anything good. Like, I happen to have read a biography of Bill Belichick, so I learned nothing new in that interview. No, it was, it was nothing new. All right, Gary continues. And another thing, don't diss on Breaking Away. Best pick nominee, check it out, Andre Hutchins. It was a Best Picture nominee? No. It's not a Best Picture nominee. He's making that up. I mean, nobody had even heard of this movie until he mentioned it. Well, nobody's heard of a 1979 American coming-of-age comedy drama film produced and directed by Peter Yates and written by Steve Tesich, following a group of four male teenagers in Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, my gosh. Graduated from high school. It was nominated for Best Picture. This is insane. It won the Golden Globe for Best Film, Comedy, or Musical. What? I thought he was totally making it up. I'm sorry, Gary. I apologize. I can it's admit available I'm on wrong. Prime Video to rent or buy huh, from maybe, $3.99. Maybe we will have to watch this. Why have I never seen or heard anything about this movie? I don't know. It's got but... a bunch of people in it that I recognize. Yeah, yeah. yeah Paul Dooley, for example. And that do you watch the when Gary brought this up before you watched the trailer, right? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. watch it again right now. Not right now. We're finishing yeah, our sure. podcast. Oh, yeah, I'll watch it after we're done. Um, yeah, watch it after we're done. Yeah, and you're not gonna make a joke about the one person off this list of the cast that I recognize is Paul Dooley. Like, I tried to pick like. Anyway, <laughs> I, I skipped right past Dennis Quaid. Jackie Paul Dooley's O'Neill. great, though. Yeah, Paul, Paul Dooley is great. He's, but I feel like fantastic. Dennis Quaid's probably the story here. Yeah, Dennis Quaid's probably. But he's not the star, I don't think. 
from Paul the Dooley's trailer. Been in a billion like a things. billion movies. Paul yeah. Dooley has like a billion. And Dennis Christopher is the star. I I, I have no idea who this this I mean, dude is. Um, he, he was in Django Unchained. Who was Paul Dooley? No, Dennis Christopher. Oh no, I was gonna say Paul Dooley was Sarge in the Cars movies. For heaven's sakes, uh, among his thousand movies that he's been in. This is craziness. Um, this is craziness. All right, maybe we do have to watch this. Maybe we do have to watch oh, this. No. So I, I apologize, Gary. I apologize. And uh, so, Andre, you apparently have to watch this. And then you can tell us on your podcast if it's any good. Daniel Stern? What a crazy yeah. gathering um, of actors for this movie. Hutchins has already seen this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm no, betting. he hasn't. I'm, bet, I'm betting he hasn't. I'm betting you Hutchins hasn't. All right. Andre, I guess prove, we'll find out. prove me right or wrong, buddy. Um, so he then, Gary continues, redeemed yourself solidly with the subtle Billy Madison reference. Uh, Matt, it was so subtle, I have no idea what he's talking about. Went, went over my head. Now, now to have be fair. Have I gotten to the point where Billy Madison reference are so ingrained into the way I talk that I don't even notice anymore? So, so okay. Where do you sit on the Adam Sandler scale? All right, we'll put it this way. There are, I think, four groups of people. I hate Adam Sandler, okay? I love Adam Sandler and everything he does. I love early Adam Sandler and everything else has been crap. And then the last group is, I love, I like Adam Sandler. It just depends on the movie and, and, and uh, context. Where do you sit of those four groups? Um, I like Adam Sandler. I, I thought his early movies were hilarious, but I was in high school and college at the time. Um, I don't know that I would, I don't know that they would have the same impact on me now, but he's done some cool stuff since then that, that I've enjoyed that have been fun movies. And then there was this one he did with Kevin Garnett that I actually, I know we joke about this, but I actually haven't seen it, but I understand he was very good in, um, you know, so I, yeah, I like Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. I like Adam Sandler. I, I think I'm in the group that just loves Adam Sandler, to be honest. I, and like you said, there's, there's something about the age, right. Of when you, uh, watch these movies and whatever else. Uh, but I will say that uh, um, I, I may have... It's very easy for me to make a Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore reference and not even realize... It. Some of those phrases are just built into my vocabulary. I just I just say them, right? Like uh, the famous one, if I dress like that, I'd have to kick my own you know something stop, or other stop looking at me swan <laughs> actually you know what's funny is almost any time almost any time my wife and i are talking about like a grocery list and somebody mentions milk the other one will say no milk will ever be our milk <laughs> i thought you could go with uh oh you want some warm milk? A warm uh, glass of milk? Oh. How about a warm glass of shut the hell up? <laughs> I get a lot of when my kids do the, uh, uh. oh, like, my leg hurts. I'm like, oh, your leg hurts? Well, no, your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. That's what I'm saying. I love those movies. All right. Yeah, so, so I, I have no idea what reference we made in the podcast last week. I don't, week, just Billy I don't remember. Okay, it's so- ingrained. It's part of my brain. It's stuck up there in my frontal lobe. I can't That's right. It. That's right. It's my frontal lobe is filled with Adam Sandler, Seinfeld, um, and S- Star Wars, really. Um, 
Oh, and Princess Bride. And we rewatched The Man from Snowy River recently. Oh, that's a classic. Fantastic movie. I love that movie. Um, I love that movie. Uh, he's he's not a he's not a boy. No, what's the line? He's not a lad. He's a man. The man from Snowy River. Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. All right. So he says, all right, so hoops. What do you think preseason speculation, zero to Ainge or Jemmer if you prefer? I don't. I prefer Ainge. Is it the zero to Ainge scale or zero to Jemmer? Is this like the zero to Detmer that should be McMahon? No, I think we're on the same page here. I think it's zero to Ainge. Zero to Ainge. That's what we've always said, right? Zero to Ainge. All right. Zero to Ainge, where are you on the hype scale? Um, listen, I'm just so excited that we're playing basketball. I'm on the Ainge end of the scale. I'm like, um, if we take that out, though, like just based on the roster of people that we have, where are you at? Um... What's a good way to describe my level of excitement here? TJ Haas. TJ Haas. Or are you more like Devin Durant? Maybe Kyle Collinsworth. Uh, That's too low. For me. I'd be higher than Kyle Collinsworth. Nothing against Kyle Collinsworth. Maybe we're just looking at him differently. Well, I mean, he didn't... How many... NCAA tournament games did he win or tournaments did he make? Yikes. I'm just saying. Yikes. You can't put him with Devin um, Durant. Yeah, so... <laughs> all right, all right. Jeez, man. All right. You're not putting him with Michael Smith, are you? No, but uh, maybe I'm Michael Smith excited. Maybe that's a better description then. I think yeah, you're Michael fair. Smith excited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here, here's the thing. The one worry I have is with, as is true with any hype train, is last year our expectations were relatively low because we really had no idea how Pope was going to do. We were hopeful, but if they had had 80% of the season they had last year, you still probably would have been satisfied, right? Oh, it yeah. Been, it would have been better than the year before, more competitive. We did not think that they would be as good as they were, right? In our best case scenarios, they exceeded even that. Fair enough? Yes. Now, Very fair. Neither of us from our previous discussions believe this team will be as good as last year, right? No, they won't be. But sounds like we both think they're going to be pretty close, though, and a tournament making the tournament. I think this is a tournament team for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, right? The expectation has now shifted to last year it was, well, it'd be great if they were on the bubble. And now this year they're we're already putting them in the tournament. So I mean, I'm almost to a point where if they don't make the tournament, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, I'll be disappointed. Like, I'm going to feel like I, I would have been disappointed anyway, but I'm going to feel like they underachieved. Yeah, yeah. And that's maybe that's not fair based on who they lost, right? We we talked about just how good um, Yoli Childs was last season when he played. You know, he had one of the best stretches in BYU history. And, you know, we talked about, like, numerically why that was true, but also just from the eye test why that was true, right? 
Um, and then on top of that, I mean, you lose a guy like Yoli Childs, who's kind of a transformative player for a program like BYU, and then a couple of other starters, and then some role players and, and depth guys. I mean, you kind of you 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 kind of took a you took a big hit. You took a big hit, and yet we are all so bought into the Mark Pope hype train that we are eating it up, thinking we're going to be back. I mean, that's why part of me is like, are we just like, are we all drinking the Kool Aid? Are we drinking the the uh, the cream soda, Dr Pepper here? Cream soda, Dr Pepper. Um, yeah, maybe we are. I, I don't know, but it's delicious, by the way. It's really but look, good. I think that you, we looked at what he what Pope was able to put together um, in a single off season. Now, okay, so he didn't entirely put that thing together, but he, I think Pope's got a system, and I think Pope knows the types of players that he needs to make that system work. And I think that there's a cultural shift inside the BYU basketball program. And I, and I don't want to dismiss all of those things just because, you know, we graduated some key players. I, I think that uh, to sustain success in big time college basketball, because the turnover can be so quick, it, the, the stuff that's happening in the locker room and the culture of the program is a big deal. And Pope seems to have figured that part out. Yeah. So for me, that, that's, that is what maintains my excitement. I think Pope under I think Pope knows the code. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And we now know, since you and I recorded last, that the BYU basketball season is slated to begin on November twenty fifth. Right? So and they're gonna have to cobble together an out of conference schedule and do some things like everything else with COVID that's weird and different, right? Yeah, they'll have to figure that out. So, you know, we'll see what that what that looks like. I mean, we'll, we may know, heck, by next week when we record, there may be some things. Uh, but their original slate was good, right? Boise State, Oregon, um, the Junkanoo Jam, right, in the Bahamas. They won't be doing that. Um, you know, will they still get to play San Diego State and Utah and, you know, some of that? I We don't know yet, right? Um, you know, because the Pac-12 is a mess, which this seems like a good time to make fun of the Pac-12. Did you see that Washington may want out of the Pac-12? Hey, it's always a good time to make fun of the Pac-12. So the big news really from the Pac-12, though, is Larry Scott and other executives taking bonuses in the year where they lay people off and do a bunch of furloughs. Awkward. I mean, is he the worst? Like, we made fun of what's-his-face from the Big Ten. Like, Larry Scott makes him look like the best leader ever. And we said with Warren, I I don't even know if he's a bad leader. I I think his university presidents and the people behind him made him look bad. He may actually be good at his job. Threw him under the bus. He may not be good at his job. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't believe that what happened here with their decision around the pandemic— is is the right measuring stick because I, he just I think he I think they pushed him out there to be the fall guy. Yeah. But yeah, Larry Scott. I mean, yikes. Makes Craig Thompson look like a good. Commissioner. No, let's not let's not get crazy. <laughs> now, if Washington actually were to leave, and and right, and so who's who are the top two or three teams in the Pac-12 right now? Now, if those teams leave because they can't stand this guy, yeah, 
Well, I mean, here's the thing. The Mountain West fell apart because Utah made a decision to leave, right? And when I say fall apart, they're still there, right? But the, as it was formed at the time, TCU decides to leave, Utah decides to leave. You just need a couple of defections to have a massive thing. And here's the thing. And, and and Craig Thompson might not be really at fault for that, right? I mean, anybody could have been the commissioner when the Pac-12 showed up and offered B, uh, Utah a bag of money. Yeah. And, and, and the Big 12 offered TCU a bag of money, and they, and they would have left. And if you're going up, everybody would have made the same decision, right? TCU, right. That, sure. Utah. Craig Thompson's fault wasn't necessarily that. I think Craig Thompson's fault was not understanding where his conference fit in in the college football landscape with the way he tried to work the TV deals and doing his own network and those things. And then on top of that, not understanding where his bread was buttered in terms of, uh, in in terms of the, the hierarchy of teams in the conference, which they do now. Boise's got it. Oh, they sure, they sure do now. They They, learned that lesson the hard way because he figured BYU's not actually going to go anywhere because they're not going to get the invite to the Pac-12 or the big 12. But what he didn't realize is we would rather just be by ourselves. Yeah, I yeah that version of the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: the Pac-12 though has no excuse. If they dissolve, that means they're a dysfunctional bunch of morons, right? Because this isn't about trading up, right? Going from the Pac-12 and Washington and USC deciding to form their own conference is not a trade up. It's a trade. It's a lateral move, right? Like financially, it might be a trade up, but the Pac-12 is a historic conference right they're a p5 conference sure it's the same thing with the big 12 if either of those dissolve you have to just look at their leadership and say you screwed up because there should have been enough money and power to keep that together as a whole right and i'm not saying the pac-12 is going to fall apart over this but i'm not saying they're not either right i mean this could be the catalyst and it also these type of things sometimes show the cracks that seemed like they weren't there when things were going well. You know, but if Texas and Oklahoma come to USC and a couple of other Pac-12 schools and say, listen, let's form our own conference from scratch. Let's do it without all this baggage. Go to ESPN and tell them we want a bazillion dollars. And I mean, that's a scenario, quite frankly, that BYU could actually benefit from. If you if you cut a couple of those Pac-12 schools out that are beholden to uh, maybe a little bit more, um, uh, how else better say it, anti-BYU bias, you, you know, right. BYU could, could, that's a scenario, I don't think it's likely, by the way, but that's a scenario where BYU could benefit because something like that, they may just need a 10th team or something, right, or a 12th team depending on where they want to go. Uh, but if this is the beginning of that, then that is, I mean, can you imagine if the Pac-12 falls apart? Boy, just crazy talk, oh, right? Man. That, that'd be insane. Um, that is so 2020. It is so 2020, right? Like, can you imagine that this is what happens? Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, USC, and Washington all get together and decide to form a new conference, Right. Uh, that would be 2020, in a nutshell. There, uh, by the way, they're not inviting Nebraska. Those other four schools that I just mentioned, they're not inviting no, Nebraska. They're probably not. Hey, how about Nebraska revealing everything ahead of time? 
Wait, what? Say that again. Nebraska always doing like there. Somebody's always like tipping the hand. Well, oh, they're announcing oh. it tonight, live mic or in a unrelated press conference, mentioning oh, the schedule will be out tonight. Yeah, that wasn't public information yet, buddy. Uh, somebody needs their PR department has to help. Hey, uh, one last thing we didn't talk about in the football thing. Mountain West today announced they're coming back. Speaking of Mountain West, percent chance that we end up getting a Mountain West team at some point because uh, they're doing a plus one potentially with because Air Force already has one. What are the chances we get Utah State or Boise on the schedule? 75%. I think it's high, right? We get yeah, it's high, but, I, but yeah, you got to see what the rest of their schedule looks like and, and where do the windows line up. Yeah, yeah But sure. uh, I, I think at this point, if they come out with a plus one, those teams are going to be are going to be trying to script together games with the Pac-12. But the Pac-12 is not going to be looking for those non-conference nope, games. They're not. I mean, the Pac-12. We don't know anything for f- f- official, but I'm I'm guessing there's zero percent chance they do anything outside of conference. I, they're going to do something like the Big Ten did because they're not. They don't have enough time to they do don't anything. Have enough else. time. So where else is the Mountain West Conference going to go if they give the, if they do give them a you know with this plus one? Do you go to the American Conference? You're coming to us. You're calling up Liberty. Um, yeah, you know, so like your your options aren't real vast at this point. I mean, I feel bad for the Mountain West. I all jokes about Hare Thompson aside. I mean, they are got they got hosed by the Big Ten and the Pac-12. They really, I mean, they made a call based on you know on what those two conferences did, and now all of a sudden with those two conferences reversing. I, I just, in a lot of ways, I wonder if they're just better off not doing it, right? Financially, you know, we could bring Matt Brown on to discuss it, but it might actually be true that they're better off not doing it, right? Um, but, I mean, they really needed to be able to start, like, now, like the SEC is doing, right? They needed to be able to st- couple, cut a couple games off and then start at some point. And it's, I feel bad because a lot of those schools probably thought they had made the wrong decision anyway. I mean, I yeah, can't imagine they're Wyoming in trouble was worried. For sure. Yeah, they're in trouble for sure. <laughs> so anyway, well, thanks everybody for uh, downloading and listening to this week's podcast. We will be back next week. Are we going to do a late night uh, halftime show? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, we'll have to uh, we'll have to check on that. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to. It's pretty late. That is pretty late. Well, we'll get back to you guys and let you know before the game whether we're doing a halftime show. Um, but anyway, we'll be back next week to talk about the results of Troy, preview um, the Louisiana Tech game, and probably talk some more hoops and scheduling stuff. Uh, as always, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, and we'll catch you next time. Go Cougars!